Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find teachings, sermons, discussions, and additional content all related to what's going on here at Trinity. Trinity Galewood is located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago, and we meet Sundays bi-weekly at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. And this morning, uh, I would like to invite uh, Pastor Mark Bussert up here today. And some of you probably know uh, Mark. He's been around here uh, for a while. He is a uh, an official pastor in our church body and uh, a just friend. Like you, Dave. Yeah, just like me, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'm so thankful for him. He's going to be giving our message here this morning. But I want to pray for him real quick. So, uh, Father, we thank you so much uh, just that you are a God who calls us out of a boat. And, uh, and Lord, I, I pray today that as we hear from your word again, as God, you use Mark in, in a mighty way, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would guide and lead us into uh, tough situations, into taking risks, but ultimately knowing that following you leads us in those places at times. So we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Dave. Good morning, everybody. Before, uh, before we really get into this uh, great story, which I think is probably pretty familiar to, to most everybody here. I mean, uh, you know, walking on water has become a sort of a, a, a kind of a classic line for doing something incredible, you know, or taking on the impossible. So it's become a part of our of Western culture, really. But before we get into that, I want to I ask you to do something. Everybody stand up, please. And... Close your eyes and listen carefully to these instructions. Trying as much as possible to not touch the chairs around you or another person, turn in a complete 360 degree circle. Keep your eyes closed. All right, when you make the full circle, stop. Keep your eyes closed. Now do it one more time. Full circle, keep your eyes closed. With your eyes closed, point in the direction of Lake Michigan. Keep your eyes closed. All right, now open your eyes and look around. (laughs) Looks like, okay, have a seat. You can be seated. About half of you maintained your orientation and pointed that way, which is Lake Michigan. Although Lake Michigan is big enough that you could be pointing that way or that way and still be pretty close. The reason I'm doing that is because in life, we sometimes lose our orientation if we don't have fixed points to attach to, right? That's why I said don't touch people, don't touch the chairs. If you could feel the chairs, you knew which way you were facing. That's assuming that once you're in the building, you know where Lake Michigan is to begin with. Okay, but probably most of you do. But anyway, this is why we listen to, read, and preach the Word of God. That is our fixed point for those of us who are Christ followers. That is what gives us purpose, direction, a sense of what life is all about. That's why we preach so we know, not so we know which way is Lake Michigan, but just so we know which way, which way. Speaking of Lake Michigan, how many of you have, have been to Lake Michigan? Show of hands. 
Most everybody, all right? How many of you have been in a boat on Lake Michigan? Wow, that's pretty good. How many of you have been to Lake Michigan on a boat in a storm at night? A couple. What was it like? Uh, Kind of scary. scary? Who was the other one? You? Fun? Fun? (laughs) Someone back there. All right. Okay. Um, I, I have never been on Lake Michigan in a storm, and I have no desire to be. Um, I have been downtown, like on Lakeshore Drive or someplace, when it was, you know, windy and stormy, and I've looked out at the lake and said, that, that is pretty scary. I would not like uh, to be out there. I don't ever want to be out really on a boat on water when there's a typhoon or a hurricane or anything like that. That would not be an adventure for me. Um, uh, that, that would be scary to me. So Jesus had, had, had been having a pretty exhausting time. His, uh, his fame, you know, his, the story of his miracles had really been spreading a lot. Um, his healings in particular. And so he was getting mobbed with people who, who everywhere he went, people would show up and say, heal me, heal me, or heal my mom, or, or heal my kid, or, you know, things like that. In addition, at the time of this reading that we heard a moment ago, his cousin, John the Baptist, had just recently been executed. And... Not that that probably came as a terrible surprise to John, uh, to Jesus, but John, after all, was you know a relative, and I think therefore a friend, and um, and it's pretty it is pretty tough to hear that uh, your cousin just was beheaded, and so Jesus was physically and emotionally exhausted. I think needed to get away, but every time he went somewhere. People found out he was there, showed up, and it was more work, more, uh, more teaching, more healing, more preaching. Immediately before our reading today, he had been doing this. It got late in the day. The disciples said, get rid of these people. Send them home. They're going to be hungry, and then we're going to have, you know, like a riot or something. Jesus said, you feed them. You're familiar with this story probably also. They were clueless. Jesus took a boy's lunch and, uh, and turned it into food for, um, Matthew says, for 5,000 men plus women and children. So double that number probably somewhere in that neighborhood. And he was tired. And he needed time with his father. So, and he's on the shore of, of the Sea of Galilee. And so he st- says to his disciples, get in a boat you know, some of them were fishermen. Get in a boat and go over to whatever the destination was. I'll meet you there because I need some quiet time with my father. And so they get in the boat late in the day. Jesus goes off into a hill or a mountain or whatever near the Sea of Galilee and spends some hours in, you know, one-on-one fellowship, communion with his father. Meanwhile, the disciples are, are on the boat. Um, this Sea of Galilee, um, picture please. All right, this is the land 
I think some of you are familiar with this. And, oh, Dave, back up. There we go. That's the Sea of Galilee, all right? It's called a sea, so it must be big, right? Look at it on the map. It's not so big, actually. 64 square miles is what they say. How big is 64 square miles? Well, Sea of Galilee is about 8 miles wide and 13 miles long. So if you go straight from here to Midway Airport and another mile or two beyond that, that's 13 miles. If you go straight east from here to Lincoln Park Zoo, that's about 8 miles. So that's how big the Sea of Galilee is, if you can kind of visualize spatially, if you're, a, if you're a somewhat of a Chicago person, how big the Sea of Galilee is. Still, even though it's not a huge body of water, because of, because of the way the geography, you've been there, haven't you, Pastor Dave? Okay, it's got hills all around it. And, and um, the weather can change very suddenly, I've heard. And so the fishermen who, who are, know how treacherous this body of water can be, you know, they'll go out to start fishing and all of a sudden the storm will come up. And that's basically what, what happened. Jesus was praying somewhere on a hill. His disciples are out in, um, in a fishing boat and a storm comes up and it's dark. And, uh, and how do you think they're feeling? I do not think it was an adventure for them. All right. Um, Four of them, Peter and Andrew, James and John, were fishermen by trade. I'll bet you anything, they had friends who had drowned in this, in this big lake. They're scared, right? They're rowing against the wind. And all of a sudden, at about three in the morning, as if that wasn't bad enough, they see a figure out there that they know is not on shore. Guess they're kind of superstitious or something, so they, so they now, they're like, it's a ghost, right? Somehow, Jesus speaks to them. I don't know how, because it's noisy when you're in a storm, you know, but um, he says, it's me, don't be afraid. Right, don't be afraid, right? You're in the middle of a storm on this big lake, and and someone says, don't be afraid. Someone who's standing on the water says, don't be afraid. I mean, after all, what is there to be afraid of, right? Well, Peter, always the big mouth in the group, says, if it's you, tell me to walk on the water. Jesus says, do it. So, brave young man, what would you do? You'd do it? How about the rest of you? Who'd step out of the boat? Only him, all right? All right? Hire him as a disciple. <laughs> Peter was willing to do it, even though as a professional fisherman, he knew water very well. All right? Because of the way they fished, you know, these are not rod and reel guys, and they're not professionals like in uh, The Greatest Catch or whatever that reality show is. The way they fished, um, they often had to jump out of the boat to manage their nets and the weights and stuff like that. So they knew what it was like to get in the water. And yet, when Jesus said to Peter, come, 
get out. He did it. Jesus does not ask you to step out onto a stormy Lake Michigan. But you know, Jesus does ask you to do things that might scare you. He challenges all of us to, as the expression goes, to leave our comfort zone and do something which is scary to the point of maybe crazy. What is it that you, that you know Jesus wants you to do, or maybe at least you suspect he wants you to do, that you're too scared to do right now? Maybe it's a career decision that some of you are wrestling with, either as if you're, in, if you're a student, if you're trying to figure out what comes next. Or maybe if you're already uh, working and, and you feel like God has put his hand on your shoulder to push you in a different direction. What if it's a, I'm going to call it a morality choice. Because all of us are faced with, with things like that, really, don't you know? Um, like... I'm going to stop swearing totally. I'm going to respect the the women I date and not hit on them. I'm not going to get drunk anymore. That could be a step out of the boat for some people. Maybe, maybe you feel God calling you to tithe. I mention that because uh, as Pastor Dave and I were talking about getting ready for today, he said... He, he challenged me to think of a scary moment, you know, uh, a step out of the boat moment of my own life. And that was one for me. I was in seminary. Um, I only had a part-time job. Jackie was our main earner, uh, primary, you know, most of, most of our income was hers. We had four young kids. And I was reading Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. Some of you know that section where God says, you're robbing me. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. storehouse. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven for you. And, and I felt convicted by that, you're robbing God line in there. And I said to Jackie, I think we need to tithe. We had lots of bills, lots of kids, and it was very scary for both of us. Took a deep breath, gulped, stepped out of the boat. We're still tithing today. Maybe God is challenging you in the area of how you use the resources that God gives you. Maybe there's something here at Trinity that God is calling you to get involved in and, and it's not in your comfort zone. Maybe it's getting into a small group. Maybe it's being involved in the, the, the uh, middle school mentoring. What do you call that, Dave? Crossways? Cross, crossways? Crossroads. Uh, working with 12, 13, and 14-year-olds. That's a lot of, out of a comfort zone for a lot of people, I think. 
Uh, maybe it's to help with Kid Street, like those courageous young people out there with a dozen little kids around them. Maybe your expanding your comfort zone is a, has to do with a relationship thing. At this, at this time of year, maybe it's as simple as loving drunk Uncle Albert at Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. All right? You know Jesus wants you to love annoying Aunt Mildred or whoever it is. But that can be a real challenge, can be very difficult. Everyone has a different stormy lake. Yours is not the same as the person next to you, in front of you, or behind you. All of us have those things that scare us in life, things that are in front of us. But focus for a moment on the scary thing that Jesus is is calling you to do. Something that you think he wants you to do for him or for the kingdom. And you really don't want to do it. You don't want to try it. You don't want to risk it. You don't want to step out of the boat. If it's any help for you, Jesus understands your fear. I think we forget. I mean, we know mentally, we've heard it said, Jesus is as fully human as he was fully God. But I think we forget the, the implications of Jesus being fully human sometimes. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he died, and the, the divine, the God side of him, knew exactly what was coming, what was going to happen to him tomorrow. He was scared. He was so scared, he was literally sweating blood. The key thing is, though, that he went ahead and did what he knew his father wanted him to do. Not only because he respected and obeyed his father, but because he loved you. His love for you caused him to leave behind what terrified him to do it so that you would have forgiveness of your sins, peace with God, and eternal life. Jesus knows what it's like to be scared. You know, I, as I was reading this story, I was thinking about Jesus coming down out of the hill in the dark, no street lights, comes to the shore of the lake. It's stormy, so there's not even moon or stars. He knows the disciples are about four miles out that away. How am I going to get there? I think we just kind of assume that Jesus went, started walking. But Jesus knew what a lake was like too. He was human. I wonder if it scared him to say, uh, Father, you want me to do what? Walk? Did it scare him to stand where the waves were coming in and take that first step onto solid water? What became solid water for him? 
Well, so he did it. That was a brave thing to do. Got out there. We already talked about the story. Peter says, let me try that. Jesus says, all right, get out of the boat. Come on and do it. And he did. Well, you know what happened next. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, apparently he was fine. But this experienced fisherman guy, all of a sudden remembers who he is and where he is, sees the, the, the results of the wind blowing, the white caps and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, having taken his eyes off of Jesus, down he goes into the, into the drink. Jesus reaches out his hand, grabs him, and saves him. For these last eight weeks, or eight weeks today, previous seven weeks, we've been talking about something called the path. Various steps or uh, aspects of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And they're, they're presented as if they're in chronological order. They're not necessarily. We kind of come and go in and out of these. But what I'd like to ask you to think about is where are you on the path right now? What position are you at? More importantly, what is the next faith step for you? And why aren't you there yet? Is it because you're scared of something? Maybe you say, I don't have time to carve out another activity, a, a small group, a, a, a mentoring relationship, or I'm not qualified to be a disciple maker or a mentor or a group leader, or, or what? What is it that scares you about taking another step on that path? We all have our deep water moments. We all have our fears. The thing to remember is that Jesus' hand is always there to catch you. And I'm not saying that stepping out of the boat is necessarily going to be easy or, or painless. When Jesus calls you to another step of faith to do something that is outside of your comfort zone, stepping out of the boat, he does not promise you that you're not going to get wet. I'm pretty sure the Sea of Galilee was pretty cold water. Peter went down, Jesus caught him, and then, as I think you probably know, Jesus kept nudging, kept pushing, kept challenging Peter to keep stepping further and further, not merely to step outside of his comfort zone, but to literally expand his comfort zone and do more things that Jesus called him to do. Let's be honest, the things that Jesus calls us to do are sometimes very difficult, sometimes even dangerous, and you could get cold and wet. Jesus is there with his hand to catch you. I recently heard a pastor speak, and uh, Pastor Dave was there at this. Uh, it was a Northern Illinois district-sponsored event. Maybe you've heard of this guy because he speaks a lot to students. His name is Pastor Bill Yonker. 
from a church out in Dundee. Anybody, anybody ever heard Pastor Yonker speak? Some of you? Okay, he's a really good speaker. Better than Pastor Dave, actually. I just said that because you said you were so competitive last week, so I had to get your adrenaline going a little bit here. But uh, uh, Pastor Yonker really is uh, a, a very good speaker. And, um, and in his many travels, because he's away from his church, he said 20, 20 weekends a year doing speaking. And he said sometimes when there are kids at an event that are not believers, he'll uh, get in conversation with them and he'll say, why aren't you a Christian? And he said, do you know what they say? Why would I want to be a Christian? Christians are boring. I thought, oh man. Because if there's one thing about Jesus, he was never boring. I don't think. Jesus was never boring, and I wonder if part of our problem as modern-day Christians is that we're boring because we don't look, live, and love more like Jesus. And I suspect that's at least partly because of our fears. Hard for us to get out of the boat. Pastor Yonker quoted 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And then he said something that I really like. He said, do you want to have a faith that sizzles or a faith that fizzles? Do you want to be a blaze or blah? Are you fueled by Jesus or fooled by Satan? Picture Dave. This was the disciple Peter's comfort zone. A first century fishing boat. It's about 26 feet long and maybe five or six feet wide. How big is that? Look down at the bottom. About as big as a modern delivery truck. Panel truck. Okay, that's not, that's not a very big comfort zone that Peter was in. And I'm curious, how big is your comfort zone? You know, is it really tiny? Is it a little bigger than that? However small or however big your comfort zone is, Jesus is challenging you to listen to his voice when he says, come, to step out, step out of your comfort zone. Are you willing are you willing to do that? Y'all got one of these cards today, right? All right, there's a big space there on the front side. And I want you to write down something that would be outside of your comfort zone. What do you think Jesus wants you to do that would be new? Maybe that is scary for you. I'm not going to ask you to turn these in or let anyone else see them or whatever. I would like you to maybe put it on your bathroom mirror or with a magnet on your refrigerator or inside of a, a notebook or something where you'll see it for the next week at least. What is Jesus asking you to do that is outside of your comfort zone?
I was at uh, another church uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was leading, I'm leading a, a fundraising campaign at this church. And I was saying to the people that were gathered, these were people that were going to make personal uh, visits on some of the more capable donors in the congregation. And I said, what you want to focus on is the needs of the children in our community, because part of this was about their Christian day school. And I said, for those of us who have been Christians a long time, maybe our whole life, it is hard for us to believe that there are people all around us who, who have never heard of Jesus. And one of the young men that was there, 30-ish, 35 maybe, he said, that's not hard for me to imagine. I was one of those people. I was raised in a family, a non-religious family. When I was 11 or 12, it was about this time of year, November, December, and he said, who is this person named Jesus and what is it, does it have to do with Christmas? And his dad said, oh, we never told you about that, did we? Some time passed, Chris got older, he uh, had friends and he would sometimes have sleepovers with them and, and some of them were Christians and if it was a Saturday night to Sunday morning, the parents would take him to church, which was a little bit uncomfortable for him. On the other hand, he saw something in these families that interested him. Then he grew up a little more, got married, moved to, this is Montgomery, which is out by Aurora. Bought a house in this neighborhood. His wife was expecting. They were taking walks. And Chris was saying to himself, I want to be a good husband and a good father. How do I do that? And just then, they were walking right past St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Montgomery. And he said to his wife, Amanda, maybe we should try that church thing. And they came to church that next Sunday. And now he's a leader, a young leader in this church. This is why Jesus asked you to step out of the boat. Because there's someone around you it might be a 13-year-old from love at school, or it might be someone in the neighborhood here. It might be a student in your dormitory at Concordia, or a neighbor wherever you live that is sinking, that is drowning, does not know that Jesus is there with an outstretched hand. And they need to know that there's someone who says, don't be afraid. And the only person that they may know who follows Jesus might be you. I wonder if you're willing to be that person in whatever way Jesus calls you to do that, to step outside the boat and be for that person Jesus' outstretched hand. Are you willing to get out of the boat? Let's pray. The world is so uncertain, Father God, and um, all of us are assaulted by fears in our lives, lots of kinds of fears. The fear of accepting your challenge to do what you call us to do is only one of those fears, but it's an important one. 
And uh, Father, I ask you to, to help us to keep our eye on Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus and on, on his hand, which is always there to help us step out of the boat, to get out of our comfort zone, to do what it takes to make the comfort zone that you're calling us into so much bigger. Uh, give us courage, Lord, not a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.